Welcome to the Joy Prescription Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Cindy Leibert, integrative physician, wife, mom of three, business owner, and follower of Jesus. Hi, Brooke Jack here, pastor, entrepreneur, wife, and also a mom of three. I'm thrilled to be Dr. Leibert's co-host on the Joy Prescription Podcast. Each month, we explore the art and science of healthy living for women in the fields of ministry and medicine, delving into subjects as diverse as brain health, the microbiome, scripture, leadership training, burnout prevention, entrepreneurship, and more. Basically, we're here to help you thrive in all spheres of your life and calling so that you can walk with joy in your God-given purpose. We go deep with bold conversations about the truth, stepping into the abundant life, and strategies for transforming your health, ministry, and business. Our goal is to help our listeners cultivate a life of vibrant health and connection. We interview special guests who share their expertise, the latest science, and best practices for building a flourishing life. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses our voices to encourage you, reveal spiritual truths, and simply inspire positive change in your life, your health, your faith, family, work, and ministry. It's time for us to get real about walking with Jesus, living our calling, and caring for our health so that we can see and experience God's kingdom here on earth. Let's dive into today's episode. <laughs> Hi. How are you, ladies? Good morning. 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 Great, great. Oh, you look so pretty. And I oh. love the bookshelf in the background. It looks oh, yeah. so lovely. This is my little bookshelf. It's functional as well as aesthetic, you know. Yeah. Because, oh, my goodness. We, my 16 year old and I are begging my husband to build a book nook in our lower level oh, in our rec room thanks. because. We don't have enough room. We're we're book people, and we're running out, and we just keep buying more books. So <laughs> I'm so with you, and mine translated into filling up my office with like six bookshelves here, yes. and I've had to cap myself. I'm like only audible from now on, unless it's super special. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, I used to at least do the library, but we moved from one town in our area to another, and we don't like the library here as much, and it's not Aww. as easy to get to. And Amazon is so easy. Oh yes, <laughs> just to click buy and have mm-hmm. uh, send me that book, and I'll have it tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like to own my books. So, <laughs> yeah. Yay. Well, All right. We'll go ahead and get started. Okay, let's do All it. Right. Let's do it. Well, a warm welcome to our guest today. We are honored to have Becky Kopitsky with us. She's a multi-published author and founder of The Inspired Business, a coaching hub dedicated to helping Christian writers, coaches, and creatives monetize their passion work in order to keep it sustainable. She's a veteran blogger, freelance writer, and writing coach, and her sweet spot is in digital product sales funnels. You can find Becky online at theinspiredbusiness.co and beckykapitsky.com. Becky, welcome. And please tell us more about your ministry and who you serve. Oh, hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me today. This is going to be a fun conversation. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm very passionate about serving women in general. So my ministry started as a blogger and an author serving women in family 
positions, basically. So parenting, um, marriage, relationships where it's very easy for our own frustrations to come out on the people we love best. Mm -hmm. So my ministry is what really based on the messages of allowing grace to infuse us so that that's what pours out onto the people that we live with. And it's hard, but that's where it started, right? (laughs) And, And so out of that really came a passion for other content creators, other writers and speakers and coaches in this industry who were burning out because there are so many expenses related to running an online ministry. Mm -hmm. Whether you are published or not, especially if you are published and you have the pressures from a traditional publisher to upkeep your social media presence and or to continue your podcast, whatever it might be, there are a lot of expenses involved in maintaining a ministry like that. And so uh, I discovered in talking with several friends and colleagues that this was a common concern among content creators that we had to figure out a way to keep the ministry financially sustainable in order to keep doing the ministry. So that's Mm -hmm. where I originally partnered with a few other content creators, and we put out a guide that we called the Ministry to Business Guide. Mm -hmm. And it was a series of 20 strategies to help you monetize your content so that you could continue to do the ministry. The whole idea here is to prevent that burnout that causes people to quit. And when they quit, then the world loses out on their voice. And we need more positive voices in the world today. So that's really where my coaching ministry was then born. This idea of helping others maintain their ministries through smart, God-honoring business principles that allow them to serve people well, earn an income from it, which enables them to continue to do the free aspects of their ministry, like their blog or their podcast. And so I have a great heart for Christian content creators, women in particular, who are just really wanting to serve others while they're supporting their family. So that's, um, that's who I serve. <laughs> I love it. And I must be your ideal client because years <laughs> ago, that's how I first connected with you is uh, yes. I bought your business to ministry yeah. and it yeah. was super encouraging. So oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad great. to hear that. Yeah. That's, that's really the flagship product that started my vast experience now with digital products. And so I had some training in it beforehand and I had created some products, but when the team got together and created this product that was really meant to serve this core audience of our fellow content creators, everything just blew from there. And it's been such a fun journey. (laughs) Super. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome, Becky. I just love how you found an area to jump in and serve and meet a need and how it's just flourished. And that's wonderful. So I would love to know, what do you consider your biggest accomplishment as a business owner and ministry leader so far? Wow, Brooke, that's a really good question. (laughs) And (laughs) I think um, really for me, it is persevering through failures because there will be failures. And I think what I see is is many content creators, women in particular, and I don't know why do we struggle with this, the idea of, um, of being afraid of falling flat on our faces, of course, but then when we do, being unwilling to get back up. And I've had plenty of instances where I've I've tried a strategy or I've tried a product and it really didn't hit the mark, but I learned from that, right? So the idea that we can look at those as opportunities to learn rather than obstacles to continuing, um, I think that's key. And so for me, just the fact that I have had multiple, what you could call failures, or I just call um, opportunities to discover what doesn't work so that that's I can right. not work toward what does, right? Uh, you know, if there, I mean, in my business and I'm sure in yours, we've had all sorts of successes, but it's the ability to not allow these those other um, lack of success circumstances to prohibit us from, from 
moving forward. So, and the fact that I can cite tons of products or uh, strategies that didn't hit the mark, but I'm still standing here today and I can still say that my business is growing. That to me is my greatest accomplishment. Mm, I love it. So much grace in that. And I think it's a message for all of us. So (laughs) yes, Yes. I have to remind myself of the phrase often um, failure is not final and that to just get back up again, try again. (laughs) Yes. And if you look at all the people in this world who we consider uber successful, right? Um, any celebrity, um, CEO or, or anybody who we look up to as having created this enormous thing, they're all going to cite their failures. Some of Mm -hmm. them, my goodness, file for bankruptcy, maybe Mm -hmm. multiple times. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's the, the, uh, the, ability to, and I think the willingness to walk through those harder points of growing a ministry or business Mm -hmm. to wait and see what God has for you on the other side. That's, Mm -hmm. I think the key is not allowing it to shut you down. Mm -hmm. So encouraging. Thank you, Becky. (laughs) Well, let's dig into our topic for discussion today, which is affiliate marketing. And I think many people, myself included, have been intrigued by this idea of affiliate marketing, but may feel intimidated by the technical, the logistical aspects of it all. Have you personally experienced the challenges of of the affiliate marketing that you're doing? And just share some advice with um, someone that might be interested in exploring affiliate marketing, but are just feeling overwhelmed by the process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, affiliate marketing, or what I also call partner marketing, is one of my favorite strategies for growing a business. And so I want to encourage everyone, if you're considering affiliate marketing, not sure how it works, understand that the benefit of affiliate marketing is that it doesn't cost you a penny until you have made a sale and made money yourself. So in terms of bringing affiliates or partners on to help you promote your own content. That's what, that's what I'll talk about next. But there also is this idea of becoming an affiliate for other people. Both of these two um, ends of the spectrum of affiliate marketing can be very profitable. So an affiliate uh, relationship is essentially you team up with somebody, they either are going to promote your product or you're going to promote theirs, or it's reciprocal. And you share your product with their audience. They share your product with their audience and you give them a commission on any sale that you get or that you can do what I call a freebie swap. This is one of the simplest ways to do affiliate marketing is just if you have a lead magnet or a freebie that you give people to get them on your email list, find a colleague who has a similar audience, but not a competing product. That's how you want to find your partners. Somebody who has a similar audience, they serve similar people, but they don't necessarily have a directly competing product to yours. And so you can bless your audience by sharing their freebie with your people, and they can bless their audience by sharing your freebie with their people. And these then become opportunities to serve your audience with content that you were not going to create yourself because it's not your area of expertise, right? But at the same time, then you are expanding your audience because your partner now is opening up a whole new pool of potential customers or readers or listeners for you. And it becomes this opportunity to grow not just your reach, but also your income. And nobody pays anybody until there's been a sale. So for example, Cynthia, let's say that you become an affiliate for one of my programs and it's a, let's just make the numbers easy. It's a hundred dollar program and you decide you're going to promote it to your audience because you believe in the value of it Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a blessing to your audience. And so 
let's say 10 people in your audience purchase it. So you get 50% of that commission. So I get $50 per sale, you get $50 per sale. But not only that, that's money that's, again, monetizing in order to keep your ministry sustainable. But you have just blessed 10 of your people with a product that's going to transform their, transform their lives. Because to, to me, anytime we create a product or create content, the focus of it ought to always be transforming someone's life, making their mm-hmm. life better, moving them from a pain state to a resolution state. And if you can offer that to your audience with something you didn't have to create yourself, because I created it and all you had to do is simply tell people about it, we're both rewarded financially and now your audience is blessed with that transformation. So that's why I love affiliate marketing or partner marketing. So if we're talking about the opportunities for it, you can either choose, if you have a product or a service, you can choose to bring people on board to help share for you. They become your partners or your affiliate or you can seek out other content creators or women in ministry who have a product or a service that you think your audience would love and simply share that with your audience. So there are two ways to do affiliate marketing, but I love it because it builds relationships and it's built on the idea that we are here to serve one another and champion one another and it's there's no competition involved. That's what I love about it. First of all, it's relationship-based and secondly, you don't exchange any money until there's been a sale. And the money is already there. So you're not spending money on ads, just hoping maybe they're going to convert. You are earning money only when you have helped an affiliate get a sale or you are spending money only when your affiliate has earned a sale for you. So I think it's one of the best ways, especially for people who are just starting to engage in new marketing strategies because there's not a lot of expense involved. Super. What a clear explanation. I love love that. It's very very appealing for just getting your message out into the world and then connecting with other people that you can align with. Yeah. And a lot of people are concerned about the technology behind it, but truly it's simpler than we think because the, the, the technical aspects, for example, you, if you are my affiliate, Cynthia, you're going to have a, a link that is unique to you. It's a URL that's unique to you for sharing my product. That's all created within your checkout tool. So if you have a product or if you're, um, so you are working with someone as their affiliate and they have a product, they set up inside of their checkout tool, a process that the checkout tool handles for you. All you have to do is go through a few steps, sign up for their affiliate program, and your partner is going to give you an affiliate link. And then you just use that link anytime you talk about uh, their product. Or if you are selling a product and you're bringing on affiliates, You run through a few steps inside your checkout tool. You set up the affiliate program and then your affiliates go and sign up for it. And then it auto generates that URL for them. So there's the technical aspects are nowhere near as complicated as we fear they are because there's a tool out there handling it for us. Hooray. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Becky, tell us a little bit more about your experience in affiliate marketing marketing, and how did you discover that that was such a great entry point into uh, sharing products and partnering with other people? Mm, That's a great question. So I started really as an affiliate for other people um, before I had my own products. When I was initially blogging and then writing books, I would put out a blog post every week. And on occasion, I would have a favorite product or service that someone else had created. And I would just share an affiliate link. So, and Honestly, the simplest way to get started in affiliate marketing is through Amazon. Mm -hmm. So any content creator, any podcaster, any blogger, you can create an affiliate Amazon, an Amazon affiliate account. And that simply means Amazon gives you a a unique link 
for any product that you enjoy. And so you can actually, if you reach the affiliate influencer point, you can, um, the Amazon influencer point, you can create a store on Amazon that has your favorite curated list of products. So I have a store like that. It's my Amazon store. It says Becky Kapitsky store. And it just has categories of some of my favorite topics, favorite book topics, favorite products, pet supplies, baby supplies that I've used, you know, um, household supplies. And it's my favorite products. And there's a list that anyone, and I'll just say, go to my Amazon list. This is great for Christmas time. If you Mm -hmm. want to tell somebody, here are my favorite products, I encourage you to check them out. Now, Amazon's affiliate payout is pretty small. It's a small percentage, but you can easily earn $50, $100 a month, especially around Christmas time, just by telling your readers or your listeners, go to my Amazon store, or um, here's a, a link to this product that I really enjoy from Amazon. And then, and then they click through and Amazon tracks it and gives you a residual payout, which is brilliant, right? Because if I'm going to recommend products to my friends anyway, I'm going to say, you got to read this Mm -hmm. book or, you know, this is, this is that, whatever that my favorite cup, (laughs) I found it on Amazon. And so, and, and you should use it too. So that's a simple way to get into marketing. But one caution is that read Amazon's rules very closely because they have some rules about where you can, can and cannot use their links. So, um, for example, you cannot, I believe, I, I don't want to misspeak, but I believe you cannot link directly in an email, but it has to link back to a page on your website. Mm-hmm. So then you go to a page on your website, your URL goes to a page on your website, and there you have the link that goes over to Amazon. So there are some rules there. Um, but that was one of the simplest ways to start. And then when you start seeing, oh, wow, I'm, I'm actually getting payouts, you can go to um, there are organizations or companies like Share a Sale is one of them. Um, I cannot think off the top of my head what some of the others are, but these are websites where you go and you find stores that offer affiliate relationships. So find a few of your favorite brands, sign up for your brands, or go to your favorite store and scroll down to the bottom where they have all the small print links, you know, mm-hmm. press, contact us, whatever, and then find affiliates or partners and click through and find out how you can sign up to be an affiliate for your favorite brand. And then it's truly as simple as anytime you send out a newsletter or you're speaking on your podcast about your favorite products, you can direct people to a link in your show notes where they can find that product that you're talking about, click through, and if they purchase it, you get a commission from it. So that's how really how I started. But then I started to recognize in digital products specifically, other courses that my friends were creating or products they were creating, and they were calling for affiliates. And in there are many cases where they had this great product that I knew my audience was going to love, and it's a no-brainer. And I would say, yes, sign me up. I'd love to not only share your content with my audience, but I would be honored to get a payout from that. And so it's really as simple as finding people who have a product or service that you enjoy, um, asking them if you can be an affiliate for it, and then sharing it with your audience. So I had so much success with this in selling other people's products. When I started creating my own products, it was it was very natural for me to start immediately with an affiliate program. So, um, and one of the best ways to do that is by inviting your customers, your happy customers to be affiliates for you, because they're going to be your best advocates. They're going to be your ambassadors for your brand, for your product, for the purpose of what you do. So um, for me, it really just started that way with being able to share other people's products and then finding that I was able then to bless other people of becoming an affiliate for my products. And there's really this community or this reciprocal community where we support one another within the content creator space. And it's just understood. I've got this great product. Who wants to be an affiliate? And people will be happy to sign up because it blesses their audience and it blesses their income. So that's how I got started. That's how I've continued to grow. (laughs) And it's been wonderfully successful. 
In fact, with the the ministry to business guide in particular, years ago, when we started with that product, we had a very active team of affiliates. And what I loved about that is, again, we were also running Facebook ads, but if we were giving a 50% payout, it was equivalent to a two-time return on ad spend, which was considered Mm -hmm. fantastic. So if you look at it that way, you're not spending anything until you're getting a sale, but a 50% payout, don't look at it as I'm giving up 50%. You look at that as I'm earning 50%. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have to pay anything out of pocket until the sale was made. So mm-hmm. that's why it's it's just such a great strategy. Yeah. Super. That's wonderful. Becky, can you think of any common mistakes that people make as they're starting out in affiliate marketing and, and maybe how to avoid them? Yeah. I think one of them is to become an affiliate for everything. I did that in the beginning. You know, I thought, oh, wow, this affiliate marketing thing is great. So I went to share a sale and I signed up for 20 different brands. Um, but I think what What's most important is to find those few key items you're truly passionate about and share those. And another mistake I think is not vetting the product before you start Mm -hmm. sharing it. So I will only be an affiliate for products that I've either used myself or um, am confident are top quality based on who the the creator is. Um, Typically, that means I've used their other products before. Um, so that's an important one because I don't want to become an affiliate. When I become an affiliate, I am, I am tying myself to that product, to that brand, to that creator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm vetting that creator and, and my reputation, my integrity is tied to it now. And mm-hmm. so I want to make sure that what I'm sharing is something that I would actually use myself and become an advocate for. Um, so that's why for me, one of my personal limitations is I, I do have to have used this product myself or have a close enough relationship with the creator that I believe in it. Sure. So, um, and that goes for uh, online courses as much as it does brands. You know, I'm I'm a, an ambassador for, for example, a, a t-shirt sweatshirt brand uh, because I bought the sweatshirts for my daughters. And so, uh, <laughs> and I know that, you know, my daughters love them. And, but so I'm not just necessarily going to find um, a brand that has a high payout. That's not the key. That's not to look for the highest payout. It's to look for the brand or the product or the creator that has the product that you're most passionate about, because then you can speak more naturally about it. Sure. Um, so that's one mistake to avoid is, is not to uh, start promoting products that you might later regret promoting mm-hmm. because they maybe lack integrity. So Got that's it. important. Yes. <laughs> can you briefly walk us through the process of setting up and launching an affiliate marketing campaign specifically with other content creators? Sure. So if I'm going to sell a product and I want to bring um, affiliates on board, typically what I'll do um, from the start is I will just send out an email and I'll invite my audience or I'll target certain content creators that in my network and I'll invite them to become an affiliate. And so behind the scenes, what that means is, for example, I use Thrivecart for my checkout. So inside of Thrivecart, I set up an affiliate program. It really is. You set it up once, and then all you have to do when you create a new product in Thrivecart is click a couple buttons to say, I want this to be tied to my affiliate program. And so then what happens is I get a page where my affiliates can sign up. And so they go to this page that I've given them because Thrivecart has provided it for me, and they sign up, they give their email address, their PayPal information, because in my case, in Thrivecart, Thrivecart automatically pays my affiliates for me through PayPal. And PayPal is pretty standard for affiliate marketing. So the affiliate goes in and signs up with their email, um, potentially their address, their, their PayPal account. And then Thrivecart gives them a special URL for my product. 
So I tell Thrivecart on my end, here's the product that I want to sell. Here's the page I wanted to point to, a sales page or a freebie page, a lead magnet, whatever it might be. And then my affiliate, when he or she signs up, gets all that information automatically and they have a unique URL. So then I will provide for my affiliates, I'll say sign up for this, but then I also provide for them assets that make it super easy to promote my product. So I'm going to give my affiliates swipe copy, all the information. Here's what my product is about. Here, here are the benefits of it. Here's what I would say in an email to my uh, potential buyers. I'll give them entire email series of swipe copy and images, promotional images they can use on social mm-hmm. media. They can use on their, their, um, their Facebook header that they can use as banners in their website. I'll give them all the necessary images and just make it super easy. If you make it super easy for your affiliates to share, and then you may even make it fun for them. For example, let's say I have a launch that I'm running over a period of a week. And then I might say, I'm going to give prizes for anybody who gets a conversion or anybody who you know gets a certain percentage. If 5% of your audience converts and you get this prize or you get put into this drawing for this prize and just make it fun and generate a community among your affiliates so that you know that you're all on the same page, you're all um, championing this product and each other. That's, again, the way that I like to build community. So it really is as simple as signing up a few um, buttons. You get the buttons connected to each other mm-hmm. inside of the checkout tool, which will have the step-by-step on how to do it. Get your affiliates to sign up. They get their link. You give them all the assets that they need to share. And then give them even an encouragement of uh, some suggestions on how to share. So he, you know, he, if the launch is happening on Wednesday, then the week before here's what I suggest doing. And then two days before, here's what I suggest doing. All suggestions, right? We don't want to strong arm anybody sure. into telling them they have to <laughs> yeah. do it this way. Um, but the easier you make it for your affiliates, the more likely it is that they will be able to follow through and gain some conversions for you and for them. So Got it's it. it's a fun process. It's a fun process. Yes. <laughs> easy and fun. Make it easy yes, and fun. Easy and fun. easy and fun is a good thing, right? <laughs> Becky, how can businesses actually measure the success of their affiliate marketing efforts. What are what would you say are some key metrics that they should be paying attention to? Well, that's a great question. So um, conversions, of course. So if you were to measure, um, in fact, your tool, your checkout tool, where you set up your affiliate platform, um, it will measure all of this for you and give you some great stats. So it will give you conversion rates for each affiliate. So for example, that means of, of um, everyone who clicked on in a, the affiliate link, how many people purchased. So, and those conversion rates, as far as benchmarks, what to look for, they are so varied across the board. It may be very different uh, according to the product, according to the audience. But let's just say that I have an, an affiliate who sent to their audience. Um, now, I can't know from my end how many people they emailed or sent, you know, told about the product on social media. But I can know on my end how many people clicked through. So let's say 100 people clicked through their affiliate link and landed on my sales page. How many people then purchased? If it's 10, let's say that's a 10% conversion rate, that's dynamite. That's dynamite. 10%, 15%, fantastic conversion rates. Anything about five, I think it's fantastic. So um, pardon me, I just had... I got a frog in my throat this morning. So when you look at your stats, you see, are your affiliates actually converting? And that could also be an indicator. Not It's not necessarily an indicator of your 
product or your sales page, but the fit of the audience. So Mm -hmm. I have some affiliates who consistently have a 10 to 15% conversion rate on anything that they promote for me. And I know it's because their audience is a great fit. Others might be a little bit more on the outliers in terms of how their audience fits, but they might still get a one to 2% conversion rate and they enjoy promoting it. So that's okay. But look for those conversion rates and your affiliates on their end will also be able to track that same data when they log into their affiliate account inside of your affiliate program. So conversion rates are key. They will also be able to see of the people I sent it to. So for example, let's say I sent an email to 10,000 people. What was my open rate? What was my click-through rate? And that can give them an idea of how many people on their end actually opened the email, read it. And then from there, what percentage was that click-through rate? And then you get to your conversion rate from there. So if you sent it to 10,000 people and 6,000 people open the email, that's fantastic. That's a 60% open rate. That's that's dynamite. And then from there, let's say you had 500 people who actually clicked through to the sales page out of that 500 if you got 100 clicking to the clicking, they, so they click through to the sales page, but then from there, how many purchased, then that becomes your conversion rate. So it, you're looking at how many people actually um, open the sales page compared to how many people I sent the email to. That's what the affiliate can can look at. And then from there, we both can see of the people who landed on the sales page, how many bought. So those are the track, those, that's what you want to look at and to determine from the affiliate standpoint, is this something my audience is interested in? Mm-hmm. Because as an affiliate, I don't want to make sure that I'm sharing products and services with my audience that they're actually interested in. So that data is going to help me to know, should I promote this again? Should I continue to partner with this person? If my audience is really actively engaged because I can see from the stats that they clicked through to the sales page, then that you know is a winner. But if you get not a lot of activity or not a lot of interest, there could be other factors. You know what? What was your, um, what was the headline that you used in your email to get the mm-hmm. clicks or to get the opens, whatever, a lot of other factors. But if they're clicking through or not, it's either related to their interest or your ability to capture their interest in your copy. So consider those factors. But then are they clicking through? Are they interested in it? Um, and you can determine from that, those stats, whether or not to continue promoting this type of product. Got it. Fantastic. I'm going <laughs> to, Becky, I want to ask you a question that I already know the answer to, but I've heard you just beautifully articulated. And I know that this is a concern for our listeners is that how do you approach the affiliate marketing without being salesy or sounding insincere? Yes. Um, that concern. I am so anti-salesy. I am. <laughs> and this is, this is one of the things that, uh, that I'm very concerned about in marketing, especially for faith-based content creators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our heart is to serve people. And I know this, I've through all my market research that I've done with my own audience, they are not in it to earn money. They know they need to earn money in order to sustain their ministries. And yes, they would love to be able to um, support their families. I want to be able to send my daughter to the college she wants to go to. You know, there are all sorts of reasons that Mm -hmm. money can become a tool that helps us bless others, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Including our own families, of course. And it's biblical to earn money. The, The worker deserves her wages. So understanding that and what the Bible actually says about earning money is key to not being salesy. Because we need to first understand why are we doing what we're doing? We're doing it to bless other people. We're doing it because we believe we have a product or a service that is going to transform their lives, benefit their lives, bless them in some way, or we wouldn't be sharing it with them. 
right? right. And so it becomes a, a concept of selling, not because you want the sale, but sharing because you want to bless. Mm. In which mm. case your language will naturally follow. You're telling, I don't need to beg anybody to buy my thing. I don't want to beg anybody to buy my thing. Cause if they don't want it, if it's not right for them, it'd be wrong for them to buy it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to buy it. I want you to buy my thing or my affiliate's product if it's going to bless your life. And that's the kind of language that I will use. And there are a lot of marketers out there who will say, you can't say that. You can't say, don't buy it if it's not right for you. You can't say no pressure. <laughs> well, yes, you can because you're, <laughs> because you're not trying to pressure people into buying. That's you right. are trying to show them the potential blessing and you believe in it. And and if if they don't see it, then they're not maybe they're not your ideal customer. Or maybe you just need to do a better job of being enthusiastic about what you're sharing. So there is space for our sales copy, which means you know the the messaging that we use in our sales pages and our our social posts, all of it. There is there is an art and a science behind it. There is. And there is certain um psychology that you can apply. My favorite and the only one I think really works, and again, it's not salesy, is to simply use your audience, use their own language back to them. And that's why I rely on market research. I will have real conversations with my audience, potential audience, people who I think are a great fit for a product. I will hop on a Zoom call with them, five or 10 people, independent, individual calls. I'll hop on a Zoom call. I'll ask them a series of probing questions about their pain points, about what they believe the solution might be. It's all related to my product topic. And then I will record that. I will transcribe. I'll I'll go to temi.com and I will get a, for a few dollars, a transcription of that call. And I'm going to highlight that call and find out how are they speaking about their pain points? How are they speaking about the resolution state, what they think it looks like? How are they speaking about their needs and their desires? And those are the words that I use to talk to them in my sales copy. You don't need to convince anybody. You just need to show them that you get it. You understand them. You understand how they're thinking and how what they need resolved. And that's not salesy. That's genuine. So that's my... (laughs) That's my platform. I get on my box. Super, you know? Thank you. <laughs> I love, we will I love not it. be salesy. We will speak genuinely because we mm-hmm. truly believe we're making a difference in people's lives. That's why we do what we do. And that's what separates us and our integrity from you know the other marketers out there who just want the sale. Mm-hmm. That is so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that distinction. That's, I know, going to help bring that level of confidence up for those who are maybe even on the fringes of exploring affiliate marketing. So thanks yeah. for that encouragement. Yeah. Becky, I would love to know some of the tools, your favorite tools for uh, creating the graphics, like you talked about um, to deliver to your affiliate so they can promote. What are some of your favorite, you mentioned Thrivecart, but are there some other um, checkout tools that you've seen that stand out from others? Yes. Yes. So I've tried several and, and everybody's, we call it a tech stack. It's your series of tools that you use to create and sell products or to deliver your message and whatever that, you know, manner is, if it's a podcast or blog or whatever, Um, everybody's tech stack is going to be different because they all have different pros and cons. They have different levels of uh, advance, advanced capabilities. Uh, So I do have favorites. They're not necessarily right for everyone else. Right. So um, for me, for my sales pages and my website, I love Kajabi because it's built, it, it creates beautiful pages. It's, it's very easy to use and it's created for online courses and I'm an online course creator. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, Kajabi is tops for selling or creating online courses. Um, 
but and it it does have an affiliate program tied into its checkout. But I actually use Thrivecart for my checkout, not because Kajabi doesn't have a great checkout, but Thrivecart has a few other bells and whistles that mm-hmm. um, I like and I need that other content creators might not. And Thrivecart has a very robust affiliate pro- platform. So if you are serious about getting into affiliate marketing for your own products, bringing partners on to help you promote, um, Thrivecart does have a really excellent. Uh, in kind of industry standard affiliate program, I would say most of the people whose content I share, whose courses and programs uh, that I sell for them as an affiliate are also using Thrivecart. Um, so it's pretty standard. There are others. I've tried Samcart. It has a great affiliate program as well. Um, but Samcart's more expensive. Thrivecart is a one-time purchase. Right now, they, they've been um, offering this limited time deal for years. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's a one-time $600 purchase, which is a chunk of change, right? But there's no monthly fee after that. Whereas Samcart, I was paying $200 a month. Um, Kajabi's checkout is built into the program, so you don't pay extra for it. A lot of options according to what you want uh, your program to do and how much you want to pay. Uh, But I would say Thrivecart is tops, but any checkout tool should have the ability to to include an affiliate program. If that's what you're looking for, make sure you're choosing a tool that has the ability to create an affiliate program. Many of them will require the second or third tier of their plan in order to have the affiliate feature. So just keep that in mind. Um, And then as other tools, so you would need essentially in your sales funnel, you need a sales page, you need a checkout tool, and then you need an email platform um, through which to communicate, to deliver your products. Uh, And my favorite email platform is ConvertKit, but Everybody has a different opinion about their favorite email platform. Again, Kajabi has a built-in email platform that I would use had I not already been tied to ConvertKit before I switched to Kajabi a few years ago. Um, I actually pay as much for ConvertKit as I do for Kajabi. More, actually. I pay more for my email than I do for Kajabi because I'm so tied to it. So if I had to start over, uh, I would go just with Kajabi's email. But your email then is, is of course, what you use to communicate with with your folks. But if you're setting up your own affiliate program, then uh, there are some pieces where email becomes tied in as well. As far as creating um, swipe copy and images that you can share, I just love Canva. I think Canva is pretty standard for those of us non-designer content creators and communicators. I also use PicMonkey for a few things. PicMonkey has a great ability to, to... modify images in ways that Canva can't quite yet. But for the most part, I use Canva. And then honestly, what I do for sharing all of this is I just put it all in a Google folder, a shared Google Drive folder. So then I tell my affiliates, here's where you can find all of this information. Or for example, in Thrivecart, some affiliate tools actually have places where you can add your images and your swipe copy assets. So you can save it there as well. Um, So all of those tools are very helpful. My top favorites are Kajabi, ConvertKit, Thrivecart, and then of course Canva and Google folders, good old Google share folders to, <laughs> to communicate and share um, assets with your, your affiliates. Wonderful. Thank you. So helpful, Becky. Really appreciate it. Um, wrapping up, do you, are there any kind of trends that you see in affiliate marketing or where things are going in the future, how things might be evolving? I see right now a, a, a big trend in, and it's, it's, it's been here for a few years and I see it getting bigger is using affiliate marketing for webinars and webinars are, or any type of um, in particular free training that it could be 20 minutes long. It could be an hour long. It might be a free challenge. It it just some sort of video-based training 
that's either conducted live or pre-recorded, and then inviting your affiliates to share that free training with their audience. And that free training then is used to promote your paid service or program. And I find that to be very, it's, it's what works best for me right now. I have mm-hmm. a, an hour long masterclass that is free and it's value added. It, it, so I highly encourage any, uh, anyone who's going to use affiliates to promote a, a webinar or training, a free training of any sort, it's got to be super value added because mm-hmm. I, a great, a good conversion rate out of an, a webinar is 10%. of your people who watch the webinar, if they purchase your product, that's great. That means that 90% or more of those people are not going to purchase, but you still want to bless them with some value-added content. Mm -hmm. So it can't be all a sales pitch. It's got to be something valuable. And so when you invite your affiliates to share that with their audiences, they're giving their audiences something of great value that doesn't cost them anything. But then for those who want to go deeper, that 5 to 10% who want to go deeper, you're blessing them with whatever your upsell is. And then your affiliate gets a commission on that sale. So when you use some type of free training or really in-depth relationship tool to teach or to bless before you offer a paid product, that I find converts well and just is a great blessing, a win-win for your audience. Oh, super. That's really helpful. Yeah. Well, let's, um, why don't you leave our listeners with your top three tips for a woman either in ministry or in healthcare ministry, uh, how to start, run, grow their ministry in today's world. Just three top tips from you. Only three, right? Yes. <laughs> 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 well, <can> more. <laughs> well, the first one, of course, is to pray. Uh, and, and I'm just going to put it, I'm not an affiliate for this person, but I'm going to put in a little plug for a book that I've read by Kim Avery called The Prayer Powered Entrepreneur. Oh, if you've not yes. heard of it, I know it's Kim. dynamite. It's a, it's, you know, 30 day challenge. The idea of the, of prayer being your foundation for running your business and trusting that the Lord is the one who has the results already wrapped up. And we are just taking steps toward that. And so if God is calling you to do this, he's going to equip us to do it. And so prayer has got to be that first step, really believing that that God is calling you to it. Otherwise, we're working in our own strength and that's mm-hmm. never going to get us anywhere, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Um, that's but then true. I also do recommend then finding good coaching. For me, what has made the biggest difference in my business is to continue to be coached by other people. So good coaching, whether that means an online course or following someone's podcast or actually hiring a one-to-one coach or getting into a coaching program. Um, You will save a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of heartache in the long run if you invest in learning from somebody who's been gone down that road before you. Um, And then my third suggestion for someone looking to start, run, or grow their ministry is to grow your own brand on your own website and to not rely on anyone else's platform. Mm -hmm. Don't rely fully on Facebook. Don't rely fully on TikTok. Don't rely fully on Etsy or even Amazon to sell. So uh, that's why I really encourage people to create their own brand, their own website, and even their own sales funnels, not reliant on a third party like an Etsy or something. Um, Those can be helpful, but it shouldn't be the only place you run your business because then you are depending on somebody else's platform to grow your influence and your income. And what happens if changes are made to that platform where your entire business is wiped out? And I've seen it happen mm. to friends and colleagues. Oh no! So yeah, it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we use tools. So this is different from using a tool like a podcast recording tool or, or a Kajabi or a ConvertKit. It's different from that. If you are relying on someone else's platform to grow your audience and to sell rather than building your own website from which you sell, uh, that can be precarious. 
territory. So that's my other recommendation is to have your own hub outside of someone else's platform. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom and business savvy with us today, Becky. Uh, let, Let our listeners know where they can connect with you online. Oh, thank you for asking. So you can find me at theinspiredbusiness.co, where a .co, not a .com. Um, or also I do, I do, I serve my book readers and, and blog readers at beckykopitsky.com as well. And and now I know you, you're, you're going to help them with the spelling of that name, right? No, that's right. <laughs> Here's my little secret. When my husband, when we were dating and he first told me his last name, I said, I'm never going to marry this guy. Oh, no. <laughs> So I would, I always love to connect with um, new listeners of my friends' podcasts because it's just, it's so fun to recognize that we're all in this together and let's cheerlead one another. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Blessings to you and your ministry, Becky. And I will spell your last name. It's K-O-P-I-T-Z-K-E. Yes. Good old German name. Gotta yeah, love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. I really, oh, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Cynthia and Brooke, both of you. Thank you so much for having me. Blessings to you. Our pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Joy Prescription Podcast. The Joy Prescription is an international network of Christian women leaders in our respective fields of ministry and medicine. We invite you to join us at thejoyprescription.com. Our mission is to equip one another with the knowledge, practical tools, and loving, grace-filled support we need to flourish in all spheres of our lives and callings. Our goal is to cultivate a vibrant and healing community for women in ministry and medicine through networking, exchange of ideas, spiritual formation, soul care retreats, holistic health education, and entrepreneurship, business, and leadership training. The ultimate goal of our community is to support each other so that we can live with great purpose joy, and fruitfulness for the kingdom of God. Tune in next month on the second Tuesday for the release of our next episode of the Joy Prescription Podcast for women in ministry and medicine. Bye for now.